Possible reading. You'll see a, a continuing theme um, coming out. Uh, it's quite a strong reading, uh, but it's Jesus' words and a strong message to us. So listen to the good news proclaimed in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, beginning at the 42nd verse. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house, let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour when he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the gospel of Christ. As we're standing, let's pray. Yes, Lord, those can be quite difficult words for us to hear, but such an important reminder for each one of us to, to number our days. And Lord, we pray as we look at your word, as we look and are challenged about numbering our days, you speak into each of our hearts. You speak above the, the worldly clamor, above the culture, above all the other things that would determine how we spend our days. And you would speak your word of life and truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Please have a seat. In January, Steve um, and I, we're going to a, a family reunion. I've got a, a sister in Australia. I've got a sister in New Zealand. I've got a sister in America. We're missing European continent. We did have it a couple of years ago. I've got a brother and a, a sister in Joburg. Um, and we're going overseas, which is really exciting, and having a family reunion. But we've got limited time, and so we're planning how we're going to use that limited time, because there's a limit to what we can do with that time, and it's really important. But we should spend our lives like that. Time is limited, so there's a limit to what we can do with our time. But is it not true that sometimes we spend our lives as if time is un unlimited, as if time with our children might be unlimited. Time, quality time with our spouse, the ability to have that is unlimited. The ability to invest, to maybe heal a broken relationship, to bring someone to the Lord, to evangelize them, we can often treat it like it's unlimited. So what happens when we think time is unlimited? We get caught up in stuff, in stuff, in running around, rush around, we don't question what we're doing. We just do it because it's what society dictates, it's what our family dictates, our friends dictate, the school dictates, whatever it might be. Today I want to talk about one thing. And this one thing, I think we all know it. But sometimes we don't know it and we don't live it and we want to live it. But I believe if we live that one thing, it will literally change our lives. Well, that might seem like a bit of a, a trite statement to make, but I honestly believe it. As we look at changing how we spend our time, 
it changes our life because as your time goes, so does your life. As your schedule goes, so goes your time, so goes your life. So if you look at how you spend your time, it literally changes how you spend your life. We're going to get this perspective from Moses. Now we looked at the psalm, Kari read Psalm 90. Now we think of David writing lots of the psalms, but Moses actually wrote the psalm. Now, um, before we get on to that, looking at Moses' life, his life was sort of compartmentalized into four sections, very different. The first part of his life, well, bulrushes and time before that, he doesn't remember that. The time he remembered was in Pharaoh's house. I mean, there he had his, I'm sure he had his own chauffeur with his chariot lined up. He'd have had room service. I mean, everything was at his beck and call. Then he goes and kills someone, and he ends up as a shepherd for 40 years. Imagine that. I mean, this is Moses who we look up to, we read the words, he'd get up in the morning, go look after the sheep, go to bed. What did he do the next morning? Got up, looked after the sheep, went to bed. That was 40 years of his life. And then God's, God speaks into his life, and he goes off to, he goes back to Pharaoh, and the new Pharaoh by then, and he's saying, let, God is saying, let my people go. And they're plagues. And he's this leader. He says, I can't speak. But God calls him. And he's this dramatic political leader. And then the Red Sea is parted. They go into the desert. And then what happens next? For 40 years, they're in literally God knows where, going round and round. Have you seen a map of the desert where they were? I mean, it's a few days. I don't know how many days journey it is across the desert. But God le led them round and round in a circle for 40 years. And Moses didn't even get to see the promised land. So when we look at Moses speaking about time, he's got a perspective on time. He's, he's journeyed a long way. And his, word, his words in this psalm establish a context for every decision we make, impacting what we decide we must pull in and what we must exclude from our, our schedules. So we're going to look at Psalm 90. If any of you got your Bibles here? Anyone with Bibles? Good, good, good. Get them out. Psalm 90. Yeah. Excellent. I know they'll be up there, but it's nice to look at them. Or your iPads, iPods, whatever. Samsung Galaxies, whatever. So what's Les's one? Les has got a very cool one. So anyway, I don't know all the brands. Let's look at these words. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. So... He's talking about the nation um, of Israel. He's not, well, they weren't the nation of Israel, but he was talking about the Jewish nation, um, not about the whole world at that point. Look at this imagery. Before the mountains were born, or, you, or before you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. That picture, from everlasting to everlasting, it's kind of like bookends, but it's not, because everlasting is everything before, everlasting. It goes all the way that way to everlasting. I mean, Thomas with his maths, you look at infinity. I mean, it's like everlasting. We can't comprehend from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. I mean, that's an incredible picture for us to get our mind around. It goes on to say, you turn men back to dust, saying, return to dust, O sons of men. And that sounds quite dramatic. Um, but it's, it's emphasizing that God has control. God has control over the world. Some of you might be of the view that God knows everything and it's outside time. He knows when we'll die. Some, they say God determines exactly 
when someone will die. We don't know that for certain. But we do know that God has something clearly to do with the length of our days. If you found out tomorrow that you had a terminal illness, would you not pray to God in terms of the length of days? Or someone you loved had the same thing happen. Even those who don't pray much suddenly are praying because they know that God has something to do with the length of our days. And it goes on to say, For a thousand years in your sight are like a day just gone by, or like a watch in the night. A watch was three hours. So how many of you feel the older you get, the more time just goes shunk very quickly? Maybe I'll raise my hand. It goes faster and faster. Imagine how it must be for God. Because, I mean, he's from everlasting to everlasting. I mean, time goes really quickly then. But it says a thousand years in your sight are like a day. So what does that mean for our life? You've got this picture of everlasting to everlasting. So Moses is saying, sure, my life is just like this, this fleeting moment in the space of everlasting to everlasting. Us as a nation, seen in that perspective, where are we? we? Our perspective is so often on our lives, but actually we need to see our lives in the perspective of everlasting to everlasting. You sweep men away in the sleep of, day, of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. This is very encouraging stuff. You're all feeling built up? Good, listen to this, it gets better. Though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. So, you know, the joy of the, the newborn baby. And there I see Jeffy. Oh, there we go. There's our new, newest one. So Sebastian's no longer the newest member. So there I can see her at the back. What a joy. Um, but there's a, a strong message. Like, there's a newborn. And like this, like dry and withered. The age, time just goes really quickly. Our length of days, it says, is 70 maybe 80 if we're very strong, and then we fly away. And then he says, this is these difficult words, who knows the power of your anger? For your wrath is as great as the fear that is due to you. Okay, that just sounds like, okay, what is he talking about now? But if we could see God as he was, as he is, if we could see God as everlasting to everlasting, we would give him the reverence he's due. So if we could see this picture of us being so small, and God being everlasting to everlasting. We would give him the reverence. We would give him the glory. Our time would be different because we would see God as he is and we'd see our lives in perspective. You know, our itty-bitty time of our life, it would change how we spend that time. As we contemplate the brevity of life, it, it indirectly and directly impacts how we choose to live our lives. And then it comes to the absolute, this is the message, this is that one thing that if we could apply to our lives. Verse 12, teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to live as if our days are numbered. I said at the beginning, often we live as if our time is unlimited. I know I do that with, you know, children they're always going to be at home. You think these things are always going to be around and suddenly someone dies or someone moves away and you, you think, oh, I would have liked to do that. I would have liked this to happen. Think of if you watch an hour of TV a day. Some of you might watch more, some of you might watch less. So if you watch an hour of TV in a day, there we go, 
360 hours per year. That's 1,000. If you, assuming you live for 70 years and you awake for 16 hours in a day, some of you like to sleep a lot, some of you might sleep a lot less, but anyway, assuming that, for 1,597 days of your life, you will be watching TV. That is four and a half years of your life you would be watching TV. Now, do we number our days like that? Do we say, okay, I've got limited time. This is how I choose to spend my time. I'm not saying by that you can't watch TV, but are we making those choices? Are we saying, how do we want to spend our time? How much of our time are we spending praising, thanking God, glorifying Him? How much time investing? We think, oh, we'll, we want to do that. We, we think more about all these good intentions. But then things get in the way. Time gets in the way. Busyness gets in the way. And, and we want to bring God's healing. We want to bring God's word of life. We want to do all these things. And how much time are we investing? How much time are we doing those versus the other stuff that just happens in our life? Remembering that our time is, is limited gives us wisdom to know how to spend our limited time. There's a, there was a lady, Bronnie Ware, in Australia, um, and she, she wrote an article a few years ago. She worked a lot among those who were um, suffering from terminal illness and were, were dying, mostly older people, and um, she spent a lot of time in their last 12 weeks of their life. And she was asking them, what is it they regretted? And this is important, you know, some of you might be younger, some of you different stages of life. But it's good to have that perspective. And the number two thing they said was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Now, that was every man there. Now, remembering most of them are older, so some of the women wouldn't have been, now there's very much a work culture. But every single man and some of the women said, I wish I hadn't worked so hard, that I'd got on that treadmill of work existence. That, I, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I'd, you know, now I look, I could only be 20 once. No, you can only be 30 once. You can be 40 a couple of times. <laughs> 50 you can be for a long, long time. You can only be 50 once, 60. So we can only do that once. How are we spending our days? If we, are we numbering our days? The number one thing that they said was, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not what other people expect of me. I think sometimes we live that life and we don't realize we're actually living what others expect of us. And we don't take that time. You know, last week we spoke about breathing space. What do you do with that breathing space? I think part of why God gave us that breathing space is that we reflect on our life. We say, the last week, how have I spent my time? God, how have I, what have I done right and wrong? God, the week ahead, how do you want me to spend my time? What must I be doing? We're so driven and influenced by culture, what they are expecting of us running around making, making it in life. But what is it? Will we get to the end of our lives and look back and say, okay, I made it. Was it the right it? Or was it say, maybe something meaningless? You know, I got this, I got that, I, I succeeded in, in getting my children through good schools. I did this, I did that. Whatever it might be. At the end of our lives, fast forward to the end of your life and will you say, it was the right it? Is it the right it? We can run, be caught up in that culture that determines how we live. But if we were at the end of our, our life, is that how we would choose to live? And it's tough. It means tough choices because we have to push back. So if we decide we want to number our days, it means letting people down. 
It means doing things that maybe people don't want us to do. It's not easy, but it's important. And as followers of Jesus, we have a personal God. And this is very heavy. We're looking at God as everlasting to everlasting. But as you sit there this morning, God knows every single number, every single hair on your head. Now, you put that in perspective of everlasting to everlasting, and you have a God who knows every single hair on your head. He has a plan, a calling. Oh, Steve, shame. Steve's feeling a bit left out. He knows every hair on your chest. Okay, woo! There we go. But God has a calling on our lives. He has something he's inviting us to for each one of us, a personal call. That everlasting to everlasting God who wants us to spend eternity with him has a calling. And if we're so busy getting caught up in the it that the world puts out on us, we might miss out on the it that God is inviting us to, that he has for us, his plans and purposes for us. You know, the gospel reading was pretty hectic, but it was Jesus' words, and, and it's good to reflect. You know, we're going to stand before God. Do we reflect on that? That there's that picture of the servant that said, oh, you know, God, the master's been away a long time. I can do what I want and just went along with the flow. And there was the one who was about his master's business. And when we were reflecting, you know, I think our longing, all of us, is to be about our master's business. But the world will push something strongly at us. And we need to push back. If we are numbering our days, we will get life in perspective. We won't look at life in the perspective of sports activities and, and bridge games and, and TV series that we need to keep up to speed on or whatever it may be. We'll look at perspective, life in perspective of God's perspective. Teach me to number my days, O Lord, that I may have a heart of wisdom. This is important stuff, and I've given you homework again. Did any of you do your homework last week? Good, good, good. Because there's homework. There was last week's. So I really encourage you, if you didn't do last week's, to do it. But let's look at this week's. I've added something that's not in the peel leaflet, so let's go to the next slide. Okay. I want you. Now, this homework is not for me. It's for you, because I believe you all want to do it. I want to do it. But you, you just get caught up in life. You go home, and there's you know, people coming, and there's this happening, and, and then the day goes, and you forget about it. But I want you to spend some time today. Say, you're at the end of your life, or you're standing before the judgment seat, and you're looking back on your life. What do you want your life to look like? What do you want to have done? And when I say done, it's not always activities. It's also about the person you want to be, because that's often what God looks at the most. The person you want to be. Are you looking at that? So have that perspective. How does this differ from where you are today? How does this differ? And then from there, saying, looking at your life, and this is in the pew leaflet, this part. What needs to be minus? What needs to be added? What needs to be greater than, less than? You might say, oh, I'm not going to cut this out altogether. But it needs to be less than. I need to be numbering my days. And, and I encourage you, I've got it in the pew leaflet, but maybe you want to write it. If you've got a prayer journal, write it somewhere that you can come back to it. Home group. Those of you involved in home groups on Wednesday, if you're not... Speak to me, it's really good to be in a home group. That accountability. But I 
to be accountable to each other. If you haven't got anything planned for Wednesday, why don't you talk about something with this series? I can give a few more verses and things to look at. And go through this so you can be accountable to each other. If you've got something planned, maybe spend five minutes at the end going around saying, this is what I'm going to do less of. This is what I'm going to do more. And you feel that accountability because now you've told other people, so they'll be watching you. But let's be accountable because we want it. Every single one of us, I believe, wants to number our days. We want to live as God called us to. But life can just get in the, in the way. Because my time is limited, I need to limit what I do with my time. When you begin to live as if your days are numbered, you will gain a heart of wisdom. When you begin to live as if your days are numbered, you will gain a heart of wisdom. Let's let this God-sized perspective trickle down into our life, into what we do with our whole life, but it starts every minute of every day. Let's pray. Let's just have a time of quiet and let God speak to you about these words. Because my time is limited, I need to limit what I do with my time. When you begin to live as if your days are numbered, you will gain a heart of wisdom. God, I know you're speaking your word into each of our hearts. Lord, I pray that the starting point for that be you and your glory. You are the everlasting God and yet the God who knows every single part about us and loves us and calls us and that you would have us use our time aright. We pray for the courage, Lord, to live as, as you would call us and as we want to. We pray for the courage to spend the time today reflecting, letting your words speak into our hearts that we may number our days. And Lord, today we'd also pray for, for Christians around the world. We pray for those whose days are numbered. Lord, we pray for those facing, facing death for their faith. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful example they are to us. We just see them living, speaking your word boldly. And we're just encouraged by that. We pray for your presence in their lives. Lord, that they see such a picture of eternity that they're going to spend with you, that there's a joy and excitement. And Lord, I pray for Israel and, and the, the conflict that's happening there. Lord, and, and lives just being destroyed. We pray for your peace that passes understanding. We pray for leadership to number their days, to know that they're going to stand before you, the God of earth and heaven. And they may live and, and act with justice and love and peace. And Lord, we pray for us as a church of St. Margaret's. Lord, whether we are young, whether we are in the middle, whether we are feeling the real reality that our days are numbered. Lord, that we live with that wisdom, that we live to serve you, that we live with that joy of knowing that you know us. So Lord, teach us, each one of us, to number our days, that we may live with a heart of wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeff's going to lead the notices. <laughs>